And it's so good to have you here on your Rancher Radio, the podcast. Thank you so much. A couple of quick reminders before we get underway with our topic for this uh, great podcast is that our website, yourrancherradio.net, has been uh, reformatted a little bit. It's been freshened up, and I, and I want you to consider it a resource for a lot of different reasons. It's uh, not only a great site where you can read articles related to the Urantia book uh, in relation to current events, but also we have our podcasts that are kept there, the same podcast that you're listening to now, so we archive them on our website. We also have resources so you can see what's happening in the Urantia community. If you want to see about upcoming events that you may want to attend. Also, we have the Arantia book online. So if I'm talking about something or we're going on, going over subject matter having to do with the Arantia book, you can just go on our website and you can link right into the foundation and have the Arantia book in its entirety at your fingertips. So, of course, uh, very excited about the Arantia book uh, radio or UrantiaRadio.net website which is, I think, a great resource if you're really into the Arantia book like me. So on this subject, or on this podcast, I want to talk about the ten things that the Arantia book teaches about God. And I think it's important because, you know, so often when people are looking for God in their life or they're, you know, with a particular religion, uh, it, I think it's important to understand what a particular religious faith has to say about God. Uh, since to me, God is really the central foundation of any great religion. And when I say God, I mean a, uh, a spiritual creator and upholder of reality. That's my interpretation of God. So I want to uh, go over what I think are 10 things that we learn about God from the Arantia book that, that we may learn here and there, uh, certainly the, the Bible teaches us so much about God in so many ways, and it teaches us about Jesus' life, and certainly to take nothing away from that. But I, I want to augment or add to that so that when people ask you, or if maybe you're curious, well, what does the Arantia book say about God? So I want to go down just real quickly, then I want to conclude with a, a wonderful excerpt from the Arantia book, one of my favorites. So if I was to explain to you uh, what it is that the Arantia book teaches us about God that maybe is unique uh, to the Arantia book. So number one, uh, the Arantia book te- teaches us that God lives as a spirit in all human beings who possess will or all moral human beings. Now in the in the Arantia book, uh, God is, in that instance, is known as a thought adjuster. And it is in fact the spirit of the Father it's the only thing really that connects us because of the gulf, the distance between we as material beings and God as a as the ultimate high spirit being. Uh, the only way that he could be a part of us is through spirit. And the only way that can happen is to live in us, in our minds really, as a spirit, a thing apart. Now, when we graduate from this uh, material body and we take on our next form, we will be and in, in, in more unison with the Spirit of God, more so than we are in this life. They talk about the fact that, in a sense, the Spirit of God in us acts almost separate because it's so hard for the Spirit sometimes to communicate with the mortal conscious. Uh, number two, God is a real person. He possesses personality. 
He's the dispenser and the destiny of all personality beings. Number three, all enlightened beings throughout the universe recognize and worship God as the first source and center, the source of reality itself. Now, what distinguishes the Arantia book between other uh, religions or faiths is that the Arantia book, I think, is the first book that talks about God on a universal scale. It, it actually includes not only our world here, which they call Urantia, but the billions of worlds that are out there. And so it's important when you think about that, that statement that all enlightened beings throughout the universe recognize and worship God as the first source and center, the source of reality. So if reality encompasses this, this grand universe and we suspect that there is life elsewhere, maybe not exactly like us, but throughout the universe, then if that life includes enlightened beings, beings that have intelligence, then the Arantia book is saying that all enlightened beings recognize and worship God. It's not just a Urantia thing. Number four, God never arbitrarily abrogates his own laws, but he is merciful in addition to being just. So what that means is that oftentimes, and this is, I think, a fault of many religions, is that they, they want you to approach God through the miracle. And, and so there's a lot of stuff in tradition, you know, like the virgin birth, walking on water. These are things that might have a foundational function in Christianity, but, you know, to say that Jesus could arbitrarily walk on water, well, that's a, that's a violation of a physical law. And it was a result of a dream that Peter had that, that eventually got woven into the Gospels as a real event. Well, if we recognize that God never arbitrarily abrogates his own laws, then we would recognize that Jesus would also. So what it basically is saying is God is natural, that we have a natural approach and that God creates laws in the universe and he doesn't just arbitrarily uh, abrogate his own creation. But that's not to say that God isn't merciful and tender. And so while we have laws that govern reality, we also have mercy that governs relationships in, those, in that reality. So that's one thing that the Arantia book sort of uh, establishes. Uh, number five, we can't see God. He is pure spirit. We see God expressed through his divine sons. And this is why Jesus is an only begotten son. He fully represents the Father's nature, and that's why he made that statement, he who sees me sees the Father. Number six, uh, we, we who exhibit faith in God are by spirit children of God the Father. And so in that essence, we know the line of being born again. You, you cannot become a spiritual being until you've been born of the Spirit. And that's how you become a child of a spiritual creator, by accepting your spiritual relationship. Number seven, God isn't male or female, but, but God is a creator. His sons and spirit are like co-creators, and that comprises the Trinity, by the way. They are co-creators of both ascending children, mortals like us, and descending or, I'm sorry, and ascending spirits, angels and other spirit origin personalities. So there's, a, there's an economy of beings that are both material and ascenders, and we eventually become more and more spiritual. 
and we also have the the children of the spirit who are the angels and they also progress and become better uh, and more perfect as they ascend through experience uh, number eight god is the only eternal and infinite personality in existence he is from his own volition he's the only uncaused cause number nine while god is ex- existentially perfect meaning he has always been perfect the emergence of the supreme you hear people talking about the supreme being the supreme occurs when all of god's creation becomes experientially perfect in this way we all participate in the future of the supreme this is why god lives in each of us as spirit so he becomes through us and through that partnership with us experientially perfect now i've heard theologians say that god can never be perfect and there's quotes that they say that that say that you know god knows all and, and that is true but on a level far higher than mine uh, there is also experience and experience the Arantia book says matters experience is everything nothing can replace the the importance of experience in living and so I have to believe that that applies to God. He may be, he is existentially perfect, but the experience is, is also necessary. And it, in a sense, it really frees God from being kind of locked in this static, you know, moment. You know, experience is what allows God to sort of spread and, and, and become a part of his creation uh, on a real level. And then finally, 10, the only thing required for a person to survive mortal death, people ask, you know, what does it take, is uh, real simple. You have to have a yearning, a belief in, an acceptance of, or a striving to seek the spirit creator of existence. So in the mere desire to seek God out, that's the prerequisite. And uh, you'll have to deal with your own issues on you know, whether Jeffrey Dahmer gets to go to heaven or not. I, I, I can't answer for, for Jeffrey Dahmer, but that's something that people bring up. How is it that people can go to jail after being mass murderers and simply by accepting Jesus, they get eternal life? I'm not altogether sure that that's true. Um, but again, if we go back to rule number, what was it? Uh, five, God never arbitrarily abrogates his own laws. He is merciful in addition to being just. So basically, if you screw up your entire life and then all of a sudden at the end of it just to get you know, eternal life, you say, I believe in you, I don't think that it's, it's that cut and dry. I think they, they take into consideration your entire existence and what you've done. So I want to close. Uh, and you can feel free to write me or comment me on that. But um, for the purposes of this podcast... You know the the point that the Arantia book makes is in is found in the statement. You know, you searching for God is already proof that God has found you. You have to want to believe. And I've had this conversation with athe- atheists before. If you can believe in the power of good and make that your life, well, that's pretty damn close. And and you can go with that. Uh, God is good, and good is God. All right, so let's close out with this paper. Uh, It's just a short read, but I thought it would be appropriate at the end of this podcast, duly titled, The Ten Things the Arantia Book Teaches Us About God. 
And uh, it, it starts with this. When you have become truly God conscious, after you really discover the majestic creator and begin to experience the realization of the indwelling presence of the divine controller, then in accordance with your own enlightenment and in accordance with the manner and method by which the divine sons reveal God, you will find a name for the universal father which will be adequately expressive of your concept of the first great source and center. And so, on different worlds, in various universes, the Creator becomes known by numerous appellations. In spirit of relationship, all meaning the same, but in words and symbols, each name standing for the degree, the depth of His enthronement in the hearts of His creatures of any given realm. And that's where we'll leave it until next time. Thank you again for joining me here on the Urantia Radio Podcast. And again, we invite you to join us online as well, UrantiaRadio.net. Until next time. Be sure to give a review of this podcast on your favorite podcast site. We'd love to get some feedback from you. Your Rancho Radio Podcast. Thanks again.